hope you enjoy the service with us. And uh, we're going to jump into this uh, scripture. So this morning, we're going to study on, on what Luke wrote about the birth of Jesus. So if you have your Bible with you, you can just follow along um, in Luke 2. That's really where the birth of Jesus Christ is penned down by Luke um, it's also going to be on the screen, so you don't have to fret. It's going to be on the screen. So this week, actually, I was just, just thinking of how much news we get throughout the week. Um, like, I'm just thinking back of usually I had to get the news by reading the, the newspaper, and every morning it would go out and collect the newspaper. But these days, news is so available. It's, I get my news on Twitter, so I go on Twitter and I get like news updates that comes along and it can become quite overwhelming. Uh, maybe that's just me. And then I say, oh, be gone with Twitter. And then I fast news for a week, but then I, I still want to be informed. Um, but this week, a lot of things happened. Like uh, we got news, okay, and we're now moving into stage six, load shedding. And how did you guys feel about that? Come on, a lot of alone time, devotional time, time we can spend disconnected from the grid. Um, <laughs> no, it's almost like, it's like, oh, what's happening? Um, so load shedding, stage six, at least we got news again and it moved into stage five. So thank you for moving up in life. Um, we received some updates on corruption, possible corruption cases, and you know it's, it's bad when you, like, see South African news on CNN. Then you know something is up. Um, but we see these things in the news, and uh, then, well, we also get good news that the 27th of December, it is now a public holiday. So maybe some of you get the extra leave day or extra paid leave day. I don't know how you, your leave works out, but we're thankful for that. Um, and uh, it makes sense. I asked my wife, why did they make the decision in December when all our leaves have already been submitted? Um, but we take it as is, and then the, the different news, maybe on the World Cup side, not sure who's following the World Cup, uh, just seeing Morocco going through to the semifinals, that is a shocker. So th I'm thankful that an African country is represented in the World Cup. But all these news, they influences, uh, it influences us in a, in a different way. So load shedding, that maybe changed my dinner plans where we would have cooked a very healthy meal with vegetables and everything, and we exchanged that for steers. Uh, I'm just confessing here. Um, and it makes us, it, it affects us. Now, uh, load shedding is one case. I know some businesses, it impacts your business. It impacts the way you, you do your work, and now you have to rearrange your meetings or something like the public holiday is actually maybe a good thing for you. And maybe like the World Cup, you didn't watch, we didn't plan to watch the quarterfinal. Now I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch the semifinals. need to change my plan so I can watch it. And the way that news impacts us really determines, like, does this have an influence on me? And news is something we all receive, whether that's through Twitter or through a news reporter watching TV or Facebook or just from friends telling you, hey, did you hear it's load shedding stage six and then everyone complain. Um, but it really depends on how it influences us. Now, I'm telling this really because there was a group of people 2,000 years ago that received news, received a very specific uh, 
interesting, life-changing news, and this news is that the, the, the Savior of the world is born, that the gift, Jesus, is born. And that gift, it really, it changes everything. It doesn't just change your dinner plans. It doesn't just change how you feel about the economy and political environment. It changes everything. So that's really my topic for this morning, is that the gift of Jesus changes everything. And now we're going to get to the the chapter in Luke, chapter 2, verse 1. And we're going to read up till 21. So I'm going to read it, and then we're going to work through it uh, verse by verse. So I'm just going to read that for us together. Okay, in Luke chapter 2, verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to a firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger. Because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold... I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is well pleased. When the angels went away from them into the heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel, for he was before he was conceived in the womb. I don't know when last you've read this. This chapter, the story of, of uh, the birth of Jesus, and Luke penned this down in a very specific way that only he penned down. And, and I'm trusting that, that as we just preach through this word, we would just remind ourselves and be reminded of this good news, the gift of Jesus. And even though it's maybe stories we've heard through the years, at this morning you'll just have a fresh revelation of Jesus, of God's sovereignty, and what his good gift is for us. So let's pray together before we jump in. 
is Father, as we just read through uh, this chapter, Lord, just reminded of, of you, Father, that you are a good God. And, and even though we see a lot of things happening in the news, good things, bad things, Lord, despite of all those things, God, we see that you are sovereign, that you are the divine owner of everything and everyone, God. And I pray that through this preaching to this morning, that you will be glorified, God, that, that you would make known to us this gift, and that you will reveal to us and how we can align our lives to your word, that we know that your word is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and training in godliness. May, you, may your word, good news of Jesus, do that this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're going to work through this uh, systematically, and I hope that you uh, just follow along, but I'm going to jump into chapter 2, verse 1, and um, it's going to be on the board again, so I want to read that, and I want to use it as context for this whole birth story. Now, Luke, interesting enough that we can just note that he is a physician, so he's like a doctor, so he's very detail-oriented, so he pens down. That's one fun fact. The other fun fact is like he's the only writer from the uh, Gospels that wrote from Mary's perspective. Um, all the other Gospels, so Matthew is a Jew, so he wrote from the man's perspective, from Joseph's perspective, but uh, from Luke, he wrote from Mary's perspective. So we get some new things that's revealed in this story. Uh, I want to read that again, just in verse 1 to 5, giving context to this whole story. So, in those days, a decree went out to Kaiser, Augustus, and all the world, that all the world should be registered. I want to pause there that, that Kaiser Augustus, now he's the one that is ruling here. Now, he, Kaiser Augustus, his name changed, and he actually became the first emperor uh, of Rome. So before this, just a few years before Jesus was born, he, Rome was actually like a republic. And they had the saying that no one is above the law. Okay, that sounds good. No one is above the law. So they had laws, they had like a voting system and, and, and things in place, and everyone had to abide to this law. But uh, Caesar, Augustus, he changed that. So he actually changed it and shifted it from a, a Roman um, republic to an empire. And that happened when he made himself the emperor. So he is the one ruling over Rome. So Caesar Augustus, he had this one command saying, in this instance, where everyone should be coming together and be registered. That's the decree, the law, the, the command. Everyone should come and register in their hometown. Now, what was good of the Roman Empire is that it brought peace. Now, before this, there was a lot of wars, civil wars, a lot of violence, a lot of bloodshed. And because there was now an administrative system, which he really brilliantly put in place, really an intelligent man, ruler, there was peace. So what this peace means is that there was no wars. There was no fear for, yes, am I going to die? Is my son going to die tomorrow? That's the kind of peace that they received. So no wars going on. But then he's declaring this, this, uh, um, this decree that everyone should come and be registered. Now, we've heard the story that Joseph and Mary, they had to go there and the reason why they had to register themselves is not for fun facts about stats, knowing how many people is he ruling, but that was part of it. But the motive behind that is to know how to tax them. So he wanted to tax them effectively, efficiently, 
And if you know how to count people and you divide it, this is how much money we have, he knew how much to tax them. So that was really the motive behind it. And Joseph, as it states there uh, in verse uh, 5, that he is betrothed to Mary, he had to go and register because of this decree in his hometown in Bethlehem. Now, just a bit of uh, interesting thing here is that they weren't in Bethlehem, they were actually in Nazareth. And uh, they had to travel to Bethlehem. Now, Mary actually didn't have to go with. It was only Joseph, the man, uh, in the man of the household, that had to go. But Mary went with. And, and we can ask questions, why did she go with? Uh, was it maybe because she felt, uh, didn't want to leave, uh, be left alone? It was almost time for her to get birth. Well, there was actually a lot of time left. But some scholars say that's really because she didn't want to be alone and, and be pregnant and then be exposed and, and almost like be shamed. Um, and she actually went with Joseph just to get out of the country, out of the gossip, out of, not country, but out of the city, um, that people won't gossip along and say she's, um, she maybe disobeyed the law and got pregnant. Um, but here we see that they're going to uh, Bethlehem, and it's because of this decree now, what is divinely inspired about this is that there was actually a prophecy that said that, the, that Jesus had to be born in Bethlehem. And we see how God uses this law of an emperor to let his will be done. And we see that, that prophecy, one of the examples is in Micah 5 verse 2. It says, but you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be the ruler in Israel. So what he's saying is that from Bethlehem, which is really frowned upon, it's a small city, small group of people, from you will the, the Savior, from you will be the one that comes up. And how God uses this unlawful decree, uh, unlawful motive, to let his will be done. So we can just see God's divine uh, works happening despite what is happening with the politics. So we see the next characters I want to highlight is Joseph and Mary then comes into Bethlehem and they are betrothed. That means that they, they're not married yet, but in order to break that, they need, need a divorce. And Mary was with child. So that is a bit of context that I wanted to highlight and, and maybe it makes sense on why I highlight this context. So then we get to the birth of Jesus. In verse 6, it says, And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And it's so profound for me that the, the birth of the Savior of the world is written in two verses. And that's it. That's all we get. It's like just these two verses of the Savior of the world, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, just two verses. And almost memorize it and saying that it, is, it was time for her to give birth, and then she gave birth to her son, Jesus. And the contrast between this Lord that is born in a manger, not in a, a place of gold, a place of idle stones, not in any of those, but not, not like the emperor that is in this palace, but Jesus is born in this manger, because there was no place for them. There was no place for him. There was no place for him in, in the inn. There was no place for him. There was no a, a great 
hey, Jesus is going to get born. Let's all like, have an audience of this birth. I'm not sure if that is wise. Um, maybe that is why they skipped the detail. Um, but Luke penned this down. And what is significant about Luke penning it down is because Luke is a doctor. He knows how pregnancy works. So a virgin birth is challenging him as he's penning this down, very practical thinking, very theoretical, strong. He's penning this down, and we're seeing that this is a virgin birth, that how good is God and what he has done. So that's the birth of Jesus. Now, I want to get to the news, the good news, and, and we see the good news arrives with the, to the shepherds in verse 8. Like, while the birth is happening, this is what the shepherds receive. And I'm going to read that again. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news, a great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel, a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is well pleased. And as we just pause there and seeing this news that the shepherds received, like, how good news is that? And I'm just thinking them standing there with this, sh- with this sheep that they are shepherding, uh, this, this news that comes in, not, not by a, a tweet, not by any news reporter, but by an angel. Like, just imagine that. And I want to highlight that this good news, is really a few concepts I want to highlight that this good news, it comes with a specific messenger. It comes with the messenger, and the messenger is the angels. Messengers are the angels, and the second point is that the source of this message, it's not the angels themselves, it is a message from God. It's a message from our, our, our Lord and, and the King of Kings. It is from God. And, and this message, what the angels are saying, that it is good news. They're told, I, I bring you good news of great joy. And then this message is good news. Now, what is the good news? As they're saying that this is good news, and they're actually stating, why is this, or what is the good news? Is that for unto you, really bringing a personal element, like unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So the good news is that Jesus is born. The Savior, the prophecy, the promises, the the expectations is fulfilled this morning. Unto you this day is born a Savior. It is Christ the Lord. Now, asking this question, now why is this good news? Why is it good news that that Jesus is born? And uh, the thing is that they had peace in terms of war and violence, but that's not the peace that God re- wants us to have. Not just, not just I'm okay with no war, because then we all have peace. We don't, we're not in war currently. But there's a different peace that God has in mind for us, and it says, uh, just in the next verse, it says, they, uh, as they proclaim or in verse 14, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is well pleased. 
Now, this peace, is, it is not just a worldly peace like, like the emperor could give, just a few arrangements, a few organization, now there's peace. Now, this is a peace in terms of shalom. It's really a Hebrew word that speaks of wholeness, speaks of fullness, speaks of being content. There's peace. And Jesus later in, in John chapter 14, verse 27, I want to comment on this peace. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And it's such a beautiful summary from, for, for what peace means, what this shalom means. It says there that let not your hearts be troubled. So when we have peace, our hearts are not troubled. It's that we have peace. There's no anxiety. There's no, there's no one like stressing. Our hearts are not troubled. There's, there's a contentment and our hearts are still. There's shalom. Secondly, it says there that neither let them be afraid. So you, your hearts are not troubled, but then also there's no fear. And that is the peace that God wants to give to us. It's that kind of peace, that kind of shalom, that kind of freedom without a troubled heart and without fear. And that is really why this is good news, because up till this day, that is, this is not possible. So they've been in war, they had peace. But there's still this wonder, this stress of what's going to happen to the economy, what's going to happen to our family, what's going to happen in our uh, country. I'm not sure if that sounds familiar. Just look, we can, we, can have, we can be anxious about what is happening in South Africa, but there's a peace that God gives us that despite what's happening in the world, we can have peace. And that is really the good news of Jesus, the gift. And it really changes everything because no matter what's happening in the world, there is peace available for us. And lastly, I want to highlight that what's beautiful about this gift of Jesus that changes everything. And this wasn't just a message for the shepherds. It wasn't just a message for the, for the mother that received Jesus that was present during her birth. But it says there that as they were the angels, the message that came and they said, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. That, that all people, that is extended to us. If you are a people, you are included, that it is available for us. This good news, that there is good news for all people. And how did the shepherds respond? How did they respond to this good news? And every good news, it, it needs a response. And how did they respond? We see in verse 15 that, after the angels went away, uh, they went into heaven. The shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste. So firstly, they went with haste. And where did they go to? They went to Jesus. It's how do we respond to good news? We go with haste to Jesus. As they went to Jesus, they saw, is this news that was uh, shared to me, is it legit? Is it, is it good news? Is it... Is it right? Is it truthful? And they went and they tested and with haste they left. I think they left their sheep. It uh, doesn't state what happened to the sheep. It's just something I wondered. Not, I don't know what happened there. Um, but they went with haste to Jesus. Is this true? And, and it just there's an urgency to this matter. It's like if this is true, we cannot not do something about it. They went with haste. And when they got there, they saw Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. This good news, it is confirmed. It's been fact-checked. 
is that this baby is born in a manger, just as the angels promised and prophesied and, and shared. And what did they do? So firstly, they went with haste to Jesus. Secondly, is they shared the word. They shared this message. They ministered then to Mary, saying that all that they heard, they shared it. They said, and Joseph, and they went with haste, and uh, they saw it, and they made known the saying that the Lord had been told them concerning their child. And so they shared this message with, with those who were in the room. And there's just a few beautiful words I want to highlight is, what was the, the um, how did they perceive it? How did they receive this word from the shepherds? It said, and all who heard it wondered, this word wonder, wonder on what is happening, on what God is doing. And Mary, she treasured up all these things. She treasured this, these words, and it's almost like when we do a baby child dedication year, there's, there's prophecy that we give to this child, and, we, and the mother, she ponders those words, speaking it over them. There was a pondering, and then as a result after this, so they shared the word, and then after that, the shepherds, they went back. So really the third point is that what the shepherds did is they just returned to their work. They returned to their work but they returned differently. Is that when all this happens, like we receive this good news of Jesus, we cannot but go to Jesus' feet and then we share this good news. And then lastly, we see how they just went back to work. And we all, we are, we've received uh, this good news and we've gone maybe back to work. We're going into the holidays. We're going uh, into our lifestyle, into our families. And that's the thing, that everything changes, but not everything changes. Okay? You, st you still have to work. Uh, you, still, you still have maybe the same bank account, still the same tax you have to pay, there's still the same political environment that we are living in, there's still the same uh, dreams, still the same things that are happening. But what is differently is as they went back, this is how they returned. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. See, from this stage, when they were shepherding their sheep, I believe they shepherded differently. They worked, they worked differently. They worked it in a way that's glorifying God and praising Him. And that's really a, a, a model that we can follow is to keep on glorifying and worshiping God. No matter if we go into holiday season, not sure when you go into leave, uh, leave this year, but we're continuing glorifying and honoring God. See, the gift of Jesus, it does change everything. It just depends on how we view this message. Is, is the messenger or the source of this message, is it just another add-on to our life, or is this a message from God? And just to believe that it is not, not just the recipients of 2,000 years ago, but it is available for us today. And so I just want to close the sermon. Just this, this question I want to ask this morning is, do you have peace? Do you are, at, are you anxious? Has this gift of Jesus, has it changed anything in your life? Do you have shalom? Is the, is the anxiety, is the fear, what is going to happen with our economy or with your work? I don't know where all of you are. But do you have peace? I want to give you opportunity, just you and yourself, just have a reflective moment to study your own heart.
Do you have peace? We know that the, the birth of Jesus, you can keep your eyes closed, we know that the birth of Jesus, it is only the start. And spoiler alert is that Jesus grew up, lived this perfect life, complete, perfect obedience to the Father, just perfect obedience. He glorified God continually. And Jesus did exactly that was prophesied, it was said, it was spoken over him that he came his mission was to seek and save the lost that he's he's paid the penalty for sin and he's offering salvation to everyone who believes in him and the thing that everything changes our eternity changes our destiny changes our life changes and there's peace because of what jesus has done for us on that cross As our eyes are closed, I want to I want to give an opportunity. If you're here this morning and you, you say, I don't have peace. I don't have peace about my work or about my marriage or about my relationships or about my my finances, about the economy. And this morning you just want to say, Jesus, thank you for your gift. I am surrendering my anxious heart over to you, my fear. I want to have shalom. I want to have peace. Now, if that, if that is you and you just would like just to pray together and just a, a sign of saying, God, I need peace in this area, I want to invite you just to raise your hand. We're just going to pray together. Does this need peace? Yes, Father, you see these hands just of a sign of surrender saying, I'm not satisfied with my heart at this stage. I need you to come and do construction. Come and do the work. Yes, Father, I thank you that we can bring our hearts, our lives to you. Saying that you would come and bring, bring that peace into our hearts, Lord. We know that you are Lord, you are God. And even though the president may say this, or this person may say that, or the doctor may say this, that you are still God. And because you have accomplished what you said, you're going to accomplish we can have peace, Lord. And I pray into every heart this morning. I pray for, for a, a release of fear, a release of anxiety, that you would come and minister to them, Lord. Yes, Father. Yes, Jesus. Just come and minister. Yes, Lord. Amen. There's maybe a second group of people. If you... You've just realized that, that you've taken this, this good news for granted. You just, just need a, just, a, just a fresh reminder that this is really good news that has an impact on eternity. And, and you maybe need, just need strength or encouragement to even share this news in this holiday season. I want to pray for that. 
that we will have live faithful lives, not just for ourselves, but those around us as we go and spend time with family. Just something I experienced just this morning is that the shepherds, they received the word, but they also shared the word. If you just need a new faith impartation for that, saying, I want to share the word, the good news of Jesus this holiday, maybe going to family, it's maybe been difficult. You want to, you want to raise your hand? I want to just pray for that. Awesome. Yes, Jesus, thank you that this good news is too good to keep for ourselves, Lord. And I just pray for strength and for a fresh boldness, Lord, for every person here and even myself, Lord, of, of going to spend time with family, Lord. We ask you to come and bring a fresh conviction of this good news that we won't become familiar with what you have done with this great gift that it changes everything. It changes everything for our family that don't know you. It changes everything with with what we know, of what we can share, and now we see reality of what is real. And I just pray for a fresh faith, Lord, for every person, um, that we would be ministers of your gospel, the good news, like, like the shepherds, they went out, they just shared what they heard. And may we just follow that example and follow that model. And thank you, Jesus, that you commissioned us, that there's a, a promise that you are with us as we go. In Jesus' name, amen.